Welcome to What the Fuck Did I Just Read, the tech sales and marketing edition. This is going to be a blast. This isn't just a podcast to have a conversation. This is a podcast to affect change. It's kind of our outlet for therapy to just let it rip. We are back. Welcome to another episode of What the Fuck Did I Just Read? Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. I'm your co-host, Danny Wolf. And I am the co-host and willing cohort, Chris Roberts. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about a lot of special things. As always, we are going to be doing a wonderful reading of Chris's horrendous (laughs) inbox. (laughs) We are going to be cherry picking. (laughs) One for the day. We got some good ones to choose from today. We got some good ones. Yeah, that, that's always it's always good when we have uh, options. Unfortunately, in this case, we have options, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to help the industry here by tearing that down, but more importantly, building it back up. What is the alternative? How do we change the narrative? This time around, we're not going to have an audience time. We're gonna we're not going to have live Q and A. We're going to get these episodes going, but. Before we dive into the reading, Chris, I have one critical question. All right. I'm listening. What's up? Given all the shenanigans and the turmoil with the Uber breach. Yep. How could sales and marketing have done better with regards to outreach, ambulance chasing, FUD? That is a huge problem in our industry. What is the right way to approach it? Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, you nail on the head on that one that's yeah that uber breach i mean i put a linkedin post out about it i mean i literally i was like three two one when's the first one gonna hit and apparently it's already hit i think it's i think it's terrible because we pick on the headline of the day and and that headline changes the message and the rhetoric doesn't change in other words you know, last month it was somebody else. The month before it was somebody, and and you can pick your you can pick your tier Fortune five hundreds that are in the news as to who gets their ass handed to them. The rhetoric doesn't change. The email goes, "Hey, it's so and so from so and so. I bet you just read the latest blitz. And if you didn't, here it is. I know with our platform of ABC, we could have actually helped mitigate some of this, and we'd love you to take a look." It, I mean, the the message doesn't change. Or do you want to be the next one? I mean, I had. Um, I'm very protective uh, of my CIO. So Charles is my CIO, and I'm very, very protective of him. And he got hit up with an email the other day that, I mean, I I tore into them. I mean, I really tore into them because it was fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And I think that's my biggest thing. If you are leading a conversation where you are trying to elicit an emotional response from the person on the other end of that keyboard, you're starting off on the wrong way. And so to me, the Uber thing is no different than somebody else. What lessons could we learn? I sent a message internally to our teams and went, hey, we don't want to be the next poster child. We don't want to act, react the same way they did. Here are some lessons we should learn. And to me, as a vendor, if I put my vendor hat on for a second, my Hillbilly Hit Squad hat on, to me, the message that will go out to clients and prospective clients like, hey, another breach in the news, another situational awareness, another set of lessons to learn, 
nothing's really changed. It's the same stuff that we've been talking about for the last 6, 12, 18, 24 months. You'll hunker down. You'll stay safe. Yell if there's anything we can do. And that's about as much as you should do. You know, you want well wishes on the people that you're sending to. You know, you want to actually go, hey, it's a mess out there. We all have empathetic feelings for some of those folks inside that organization. Um, we all have a hope and a care and a concern that some of those organizations, I mean, not necessarily you, because this isn't the first time they've been in the news, let's face it. But there are a lot of organizations you have a ton of empathy for because by no fault of their own, they're in that situation. Now, that no fault of their own could always be argued from pros, cons, left to rights and everything else, but you're not there. I, I think the LinkedIn post I, I put in there was like, you got one quarter of us who have taken into, have taken those messages and gone, how can we learn? You got one quarter who are nothing more than armchair analysts going, oh, if I'd have been in that position, I would have done something totally different. Oh no, I'd never have done that. Oh no. Bullshit. Your ass wasn't there in the seat. You got one quarter of them who are doing their utmost to figure out how the hell they can sell something. I mean, you want to talk about the worst point in time. All you want to do is honestly look up where where Uber's headquarters is and literally send a week's worth of Starbucks or a week's worth of Chipotle or a week's worth of something because those people are working their asses off to try and remediate a situation that might be no fault of their own. The least you can do is go, hey, and you don't even say anything else. You're like, hey, there's food on the way. Just just eat the damn stuff. I'm sending pizza your way. That's it. You don't do anything else. Not like, hey, I'm going to sponsor lunch for you. Screw off. Just send pizza and shut up because those folks are working their asses off. you know. And so there's so many right ways of empathetically dealing with it, um, of of maybe taking a step back and going, hey, here are some lessons we all could learn from this. you know, and, and I think that's the big one. It's what can we do more effectively? What could we do? What could we learn? Now, unfortunately, Uber is, let's let's put it this, Uber's a very favorite pinata for many of us. Mm-hmm. They have had their own issues. I've run into Uber for crying out loud. I got a cease and desist in my draw from Uber, for goodness sakes, because they wouldn't listen to some stuff. And I had some fun on my behalf. So a lot of us have seen the writing on the wall, but that doesn't make it any any better or any worse for anybody that's in there. They're still humans, and I think that's the thing. It's they're still people. Yeah. This is one of the biggest things in the digital world is we don't we don't take those conversations and those relationships as if you and I were sitting literally next to each other in the same location. If we did that, I think we would have a little bit more humanity in many of our conversations. And I think that's a big thing that I love between you and I having these conversations. Yeah, I love it. So just TLDL, too long, didn't listen for anybody. <laughs> Treat yeah. me like a human being before you take my money. And that's, oh, those are direct words from you, Mr. Roberts. I recognize those words. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It, I mean, yes. it really is that way. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the oldest professions on this planet um, definitely wants the respect of being treated like a human, whether they take your money or not. You know, and I think that's that's a very important lesson that we need to learn, which is at the end of the day, we are all humans. We're all working our asses off. 
Some of us are working to protect others, some less so, but we're all still humans. Now, there are definitely some that deserve a taser. Do not get me wrong on that one. Mm -hmm. I'm not being nice to everybody. There are some folks, even in the CISO seat, that need a kick in the ass. Hugh, speaking of ass kicking, this is a nice segue <laughs> into the reading. <laughs> all right, Chris, you've been six months over at Boom. Wow, have they put up with me for that long? Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? I think it's a little scary. I think they keep paying me. Money keeps appearing in the bank account, so I guess <laughs> they're okay with me. That ain't a bad thing. No, tell me about it. Uh, all right, six months in, I cannot imagine what your email inbox looks like. It's probably has blown up. And it, I, I, I'd love to actually analyze, you know, when I have time, because, oh my God, I have so much time on my hands, <laughs> the evolution of your inbox, starting CISO new, blowing up with, I can help you to mid three yeah. months CISO to six months CISO, one month CISO. What kind of does that evolution look like? Or is it all a shit show throughout the whole year? You know, it's interesting. I, I wish I'd have kept all more of the junk messages that I kept, but I didn't. But I remember the first couple of months of starting here, there were a lot of congratulatory messages closely followed by, hey, you should take a look at us in various <laughs> different go. forms of, you know, you should take a look at us. Then there became the messages of, hey, we want to see you at the conference. Hey, we missed you at the conference. Hey, you should be in the conference. Closely followed by the, hey, we found out what your email address is, therefore we're sending you on these lists, no matter whether you want to be on these lists or not. Feel free to opt out at your convenience because you sure as hell didn't opt in, sucker. And now it's the so many of them. It's it's I think what I've now transitioned to is the is is the uh what's the word I'm looking for? The 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 CISO that's currently still there, you know, the um the encamped CISO messages, which is, you know, one that one of the ones I'd love to hit today is the you don't show me any love and I want to be at the top of your love pile. And and and, and so there are a lot of those, which is, you know, it's gone from the first to the second to the third to the fourth to the we we're not gonna call you anymore. Close to follow by two weeks. Hey, we just thought we'd just double check in again. I'm like, I'm gonna shoot you. Sounds like a really crazy girlfriend PMSing. Like oh, <laughs> They're trying to like manipulate yeah. you emotionally. Oh, like I mean, it, it is. I love I mean, you. I don't love you. I love you. You don't love me. Like, oh, what? it's 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 way out there. And I think you hit the nail on the head, which is emotion. You know, and I and I think this is what it gets really really frustrating. Our job as a CISO isn't just to obviously, you know, run the security team, build the organization, understand risk, help the organization understand risk. Part of our job as a CISO is to put effective communication plans in place for awareness training. Awareness training teaches people to understand emotive responses. Hey, you've won a billion. All you got to do is send me a hundred bucks or, hey, uh, you're about to be cut off from your PayPal account. All you have to do is give me your password. That's an emotive response. We, as the CISO and as the teams around us, teach the people to understand and to watch for these, whether they're text messages or emails. So when it's happening to us, like, you don't love me, my fourth email, and I hate you because you I'm going to go now to hell with you. You know, I'm like, fine. 
bye-bye, you know, take me off your gosh darn it all Salesforce list for crying out loud, you know, followed by two weeks later, I missed you. I'd love to have you back. Here's something for you, darling. You know, and I'm like, you know, the trail of those is amazing. It's, you know, it's, hello, I'm back again. I know I'm not important to you. I'm like, oh, my God, self-effacing for crying out. I mean, this is the challenge. You're dealing with a bunch of sarcastic, BS-sniffing individuals who have all the scars and all of the bullet wounds from this industry, and you're sending us the same stuff that we tell our employees and the people that work with us and for us inside the organization to watch out for. I mean, it's playing out in front of our eyes. I mean, it's, you know, there are so many of these, you know, and the disaster movie. Well, if you don't buy my product, you'll be on the front page of the New York Times. Do you really want this? Ta-da! Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's that's my inbox. My inbox, my inbox. To your point, is a teenage angst drama-ridden inbox. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into the teenage drama queen here. No, not not too. <laughs> not not to make anybody feel okay well, anyway yeah let's let's dig into it we have one email popped up open here on the screen subject line is chris i appreciate you Aww. Thanks. I appreciate you working on a hectic schedule. Uh, you don't know the half of it, little buddy. And I'm confident I'm not at the top of your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, but I'm trying to get there somehow. Uh, Snowball's chance in hell. Um, we are very interested in talking to you regarding a possible exclusive. Okay. Uh, and I haven't heard back from you. This is where it gets really interesting because – Apparently, they've realized that I'm I'm not the focus of their attention. I'm not the apple of their eye. They're not the apple of my eye. I'm wondering if maybe you would put me in touch with another senior executive at the company. Now, now we've got onto the uh, screw you, I need your contact list uh, because you don't want to pay me any attention. So I'm looking for you to send me somebody else who could handle and give us an executive level insight this is a good part, into the entire operation. This one I freaking love because it, it runs the gamut of, of emotions, including like, I mean, we've got everything in here from love to hate to wanton to, to abandonment to, to climbing over, closely followed by please open the entire kimono and tell me exactly how your organization runs. Now, as the CISO of an organization, if I open my kimono to a vendor without an NDA, I should be taken out, tasered, shot, drawn, quartered, and probably spread across the entire 48, lower 48 states. I'm not sure if PO boxes work as well, but you get the idea. Yeah, one does not open one's kimono to the entire 48 states. Um, yeah, all this for, I don't even know what the hell they're selling. I absolutely don't know what the hell they're selling. I've yet to figure that one out because apparently I'm not important enough. Uh, they're not important enough for me or something. So yeah, welcome to that one. That's one of my inboxes. <laughs> I, I love the ending. The ending. You missed out the ending. Would this make more sense? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I forgot that. Yes. Let me just process the emotional <laughs> turmoil I went through right now. No. <laughs> I need a drink. 
Oh my Holy God, shit. I need a therapist for this one. I mean, maybe that's it. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. WTF did I just read? It's a therapy session. I think that's really what yeah. this is. This is therapeutic. It is pretty useful and helpful for me, at least at 7.30 in the morning, ungodly <laughs> hours. here at 10.30 at night, and I've just finished my gin and tonic, so uh, we have a problem. Oh my goodness. If you need refill, we can always hit pause here. That's a nice thing. <laughs> that was all fun and games. That was that was actually really useful also to kind of pause in between and say, okay, what's the what's the problem? And we we now understand what the problem is with this message. But how would you improve this this message? What would work for you? I think, you know, it's it's interesting because on one hand, the opening sentence, I appreciate you are working on a hectic schedule. I'm confident I'm not at the top of your list, but I'm trying to get there somehow. So on one hand, I understand the fact they're acknowledging that they're not important and that they are not top priority, but it's the way it's said. It, it's, it's the, it's, I wouldn't say necessarily say condescending tone. It's that I'm going to try and induce a level of empathy and guilt. It's a guilt thing. Oh, my gosh, you're not paying me attention. To your point, it it is like, you know, it's teenage angst-ridden, PMS, guilt-ridden, significant other. You're not paying me enough attention. Well, I'm not paying you attention because actually you're not, at this moment in time, a value to exactly where my focus is. So I think, you know, opening a conversation, and, and this is where the challenge comes in. There is a part of me that would love to maybe in some ways do a LinkedIn post to go, hey, dear vendor, in 2022 and in 2023, this is what I'm focusing on. Because if you go into a conversation making assumptions, just as they have done, they've made an assumption that what they have to tell me and what they have to sell me is of dire importance, not just to myself, but apparently everybody else within the senior executive team that I should be handing over to them. What they haven't done is come to the table and go, hey, we have no freaking clue what you're doing. Would you, can we understand if it's a 22, 23, or a 24 initiative? Something like that, I would probably shoot a quick message back and say, hey, it's not on a 22, it's maybe on a 23. Give me a shout in a couple of months' time or six months' time. Simple, easy, quick, and effective. But what they've done is they've taken they've taken me or they've tried to take me on this guilt-ridden trip like I'm not paying attention because I'm, I haven't put them at the top of my list because apparently dealing with endpoint, dealing with users, dealing with threat intelligence apparently is no more important than dealing with these Muppets. They want an exclusive and they want to t- talk to me about some stuff to do with one of my previous organizations, which I'm a little confused about to begin with because my previous organization has actually been bought by the endpoint company that I'm actually going to be implementing here. So I don't know freaking clue what the hell they're even talking about anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, and then what gets really interesting, and it's that kind of shot to the heart, which is I'm going to use you as a stepping stone, which is, well, if you're not going to deal with me, do me a favor, give me somebody else on the senior leadership. Now, if I did that and I exposed another person on the leadership team, that's terrible. I should never do that because now I've shifted the problem that I'm actually not dealing with because this is my spam folder to somebody else who's going to get it. And you know darn well, I'll, I'll, I'll put a dollar on this darn thing or a cup of coffee on this. You know darn well they'll send another executive going, hey, we tried talking with Chris and he was busy. So he handed us to us as a trusted relationship that we should have a conversation with. Now, I mean, that's terrible. At that. And I've seen some of that, unfortunately, before where – You've had a vendor couldn't get somewhere with somebody, so they used just that network and to, to hit somebody else and go, well, you know, we tried talking with Chris and he was too busy, but he put us on to you. And 
I mean, you want to talk about taking somebody out and just wanting to absolutely behead them at the knees. I mean, that's one of the worst behaviors I've ever seen. So, yeah. Being honest is is okay. You know, that uh, showing a little bit of vulnerability, I think, is, a, is, is good. Um, if they want to get your attention, right? Like, first of all, the subject line was, Chris, how can we move forward? I mean, <laughs> yes. from what? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, there is no move forward because there isn't even, there is no step one here. We have not even, Yeah, you know, I think this is where I'm, I have every assumption that as we do more and more of these conversations, we will reference back to maybe a time when I used to be in Europe. And, and I don't know if it's still the same. This would actually be a really good, interesting conversation with somebody in the audience. My when I was over in Europe, it was relationship sales, kind of like how it is in some of the Middle East, and absolutely how it is when you go out to some of the Far East. It is much more of a relationship. I want to know who you are. I want to know that I can walk with you, that I can break bread with you, that I can share a meal with you, that we can sit down together as people, as as a, a bonding relationship thing before I basically put the trust of the organization I am responsible for into your bloody hands. Whereas very much in the Western world, specifically the Americas and, and other people can kind of chime in here, I'd love to see some comments on this one, is it very much so feels at least in North America, and I'm not sure if it's in or else, I'd love to hear from like Canadian folks and everywhere else, which is, I'm gonna sell you something, and and then we can be friends. I'll take money from you. I'm gonna put you in my back pocket, and then maybe we can be. And then we can be friends because I'll t- you know whatever. I, I don't work that way. How do you propose though? I mean, sales and marketing are under the the pressure, right? Of, Absolutely. Of investor Absolutely. profits, and we yeah. got we got to hit you know this goal, and we got a two x, three x, five x, whatever. Yeah. How do you propose? Those professionals kind of balance the I'd argue the that stress that is, and pressure. The problem. I'd argue that model is broken. I mean, first and foremost, yeah. I'd say that model is broken. To expect such a return on investment in a short space of time without building a relation, a trusted relationship, is broken. And I think that's where it gets. I think that's why we're in such a mess, is because yeah. money is lent to companies returns on investment are expected and we are the fodder that is being you know milked or preened for for the money to be able to pay for that and and i think that's where the problem is is you know is unfortunately our industry as a whole is is not based on what it should be you know our, our job is we have one job as security professionals we have one simple single job on us to protect that's it yeah. nothing else and we have tools at our disposal to do it. And thankfully, there are a lot of companies out there which are doing some amazing, innovative things. But they've taken money at such a high price. They've basically sold their soul, let's be perfectly honest. They've taken money at such a high price that there is an amazing amount of pressure on to make those sales no matter what the cost. And so at the end of the day, I am nothing more than another number in a spreadsheet or a Salesforce database. And I think that's where the problem is for a lot of us is our job as CISOs is to the best of our ability to effectively defend the companies that we are beholden to. And mm-hmm. 
that is our role and that is our job. And to do that, our job is and our role is to basically work with the most effective technologies out there and the more efficient people out there marry the two together and go, now we can know what's going on. We have a better understanding of what's happening and we can do the best we possibly can to defend the organization. Those two streams, shall we say, are not necessarily working effectively together. So something's got to bend or break. And unfortunately, more often than not, it's it's the Salesforce database. That, and I keep picking on Salesforce because let's face it, almost everybody uses it. I mean, there's other databases out there. But it's that database that, that breaks because most of us just rebel or many of us rebel. I completely agree that security firms are are measuring the wrong metric. Yes. Yeah. They're focusing and I don't know, it's it's like these tech founders are are stressed by the investors, right? They yeah. appease investor yeah. profits. And they're focusing on net new acquisition and then ghosting existing customers <laughs> for retention and upsell. Yeah, you you're a hundred percent right on that. And and it's I joke about it, but I don't joke about it when I'm on stage at conferences. You know, I always talk about the fact that you know, there's a set of sayings on the side of the Statue of Liberty. You know, it's, it's, and then there's some really interesting ones on the side of Liberty. And, and I'll let the audience actually go out and do some Googling on it. But unfortunately, so many, to your point, of the security companies that are out there are, are headhunting. They want the Fortune 500 company, they want the company that's recognized in their sales database for two reasons. One, because then they can put a trophy on the ruddy wall. But secondly, then they can go talk to the thousands of other companies and go, hey, you know, we can tell you under NDA that we've got, you know, Boom Supersonic as one of our clients. And I mean, that's terrible for so many different reasons. So mm -hmm. it's, it's broken, which is obviously part of the reason that we are having these conversations. And yes, we're poking fun at these. But I think there's even though it's broken, it has to work. So I think there are much more empathetic and effective ways at approaching it. You know, this one being a perfect example, you know, don't come to me with a pity party that I'm not paying you attention on what the next step is when we haven't even gotten to first base. You know, we, we you haven't even got your damn hand down my trousers for crying out loud. We ain't even at that point in time. You know, you, <laughs> you, you haven't, and I don't want to be wined and dined. I think this is where I also screw people up because they're like, well, we'll take you out to dinner. Uh oh, that ain't going to work either because I don't want to be beholden to you. We yeah. can go out and share a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, or you can hang out with me at a conference and right. we will have a conversation. And I think that's where people don't spend the time. And I think this is where it gets really interesting as well. On my LinkedIn profile, I have made it absolutely clear how to approach me you and i have had conversations online about how to approach people if this individual or any of the others that are sitting in the inbox or not the inbox that the junk mail had taken two three five minutes to understand the better approach i i've got all the ways of doing it out there and so to me again i think that's that one where hang on, you want me to open the kimono? You want me to pay you attention? You want me literally to hand you to other leadership? And by the way, you want me to hand over exactly how my organization works, yet you can't take two minutes to understand who I am. Yeah. I have a problem with that. Yeah, this has been super helpful. Kind of riffed on some topics here. We, we did that breakdown and build up again. One thing you want to impart on the audience before we sign off today. 
I mean, I think we've we, we've reiterated it, which is I, I want the human. I need to know yeah. that you understand who I am as a human, not as a line on a spreadsheet before we even hit the first step, for goodness sakes. You know, if I can know who the human is behind the wall, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who the vendor is. It doesn't matter if they're doing endpoint or firewalls or intrusion detection or or anything. I'm putting my trust in them. I'm not going to trust you based off of that email. I'm going to trust you based off of who the human is behind the organization. Yeah. I'd sign off with remain curious, be curious, right? I mean, again, I always talk about being buyer centric, customer centric. You have to lead with understanding your customer. You can't be empathetic before you actually instill that genuine curiosity. Right. And what that genuine curiosity is, is just a desire to uncover what you don't know. Yes. Right. And I, I feel like those who stand out are actually genuinely curious and that's what triggers that initial conversation with you or what that's what triggers the good message in the inbox is, hey, like I, I just want to know how to get better or, hey, I have a question and I need answers to or, hey, this is what I think. This is my point of view. What about you? Right. Can this help or can it not help? And instead of just coming in and saying, I know everything and I know it all and you need this and let's go, right? There's an old saying, which is assumptions make an ass out of you and I. And I, you know, and yeah. it's, this is very, very true in this day and age. If you assume to know what I'm doing or thinking, you have first and foremost put me on the defensive, which is not a good place to start. Secondly, you've probably also raised my hackles up because how dare you assume without asking questions. And thirdly, unless you have done a decent amount of in-depth research, you have no clue. So you really have made an ass out of the entire situation. So I think that's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome, Chris, as always. Lots of fun, loads of fun. I think that was a good first reading. As always, audience, if there are ways that we can get better, let us know in the comments or the links or the wherever this is posted. At this point, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Looking forward to this. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been another episode of What the Fuck Did I Just Read? Tech Sales and Marketing Edition. Danny and Chris out. Stay safe, everybody.